Hello, 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 hello. Happy Monday to you all. This is Dan and Jess, and our guest is Alex. Jess, how are you? <laughs> I am doing so good. How are you doing? I am now doing better now that we have you. And also <laughs> Alex, too. Alex, how are you? I am doing awesome. I'm staying dry <laughs> inside from the rainy New York City weather. Oh, yes. It's not as sexy as it was yesterday. There was really lovely weather yesterday. Yeah, it sexy, But it's all good. Alex, the good people who are tuning in to us today may not know who you are because we haven't told them yet. Shocking. <laughs> so why don't you tell <laughs> who you are? <laughs> your, your audience is not full of mind readers. I, I was expecting more. Some. We're about 20%. 20%. So my name is Alex Summer. I'm a professional dating coach. I help people who are struggling with their dating life or their relationships to end up in happy, fulfilling, long-term relationships. I am based in New York City, though I work with people all over the country, and I'm passionate about helping people improve their mindsets when it comes to dating, sort of getting... Um, you know, getting out from underneath all the pressure that we can sometimes put on ourselves when it comes to dating and helping to make dating a fun and exciting process that allows us not only to meet new people, but also really get to know ourselves better. I love that. I'm also in love with this. I was going to say, I don't know how it happened that we have back to back. I think I just got like on a dating site, a dating spree kick and was like, we need to have all the dating people one after the other on the show because we had Danielle <laughs> last week and she was talking about dating relationships too. Um, but I'm super, we're super excited to have you here, Alex, and talk about, um, you know, mindset and creating abundance in, in the dating world because I find, especially I, I'm from Connecticut. I have a lot of friends who are in the New York area um, specifically. And they're like, dating in New York is so hard. And, you know, we hear, I hear so much scarcity around dating and a lot of judgment, whether it's of ourselves or of other people. So I'm super, super excited to have you on here today talking about dating. Yeah. And date, I mean, the, you know, the idea of dating in, in any major city, you know, I, there are definitely complaints about New York, but I think any big city is that, our attention is constantly pulled in many different directions. And the reality is that dating takes time, just like anything else. You know, it's helpful to have a plan, but to actually think, all right, you know, I'm gonna schedule these dates this week. I'm gonna make time to go on that second date or that third date. And part of why dating is so challenging is just because our attention is pulled in so many different directions. You know, it's friends, it's work, it's, um, cultural activities, it's vacation, it's travel. And even though most of us want a partner to do that with, it can be hard to actually find the time to do it. Um, totally. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm very excited to have you here because I could totally use some dating tips in my own life. And I find Alex fascinating and <laughs> fascinating because... I mean, when I was first learning about social dynamics, which is how I started to learn how to deal with people, those of you who've been listening to the show know that I was diagnosed with Asperger's at the age of 27. And learning to deal with people, I used social dynamics from the dating pickup artisty world to get frameworks to deal with other humans. And 
when I met you and you're talking about dating and you've just got this big heart and just this lovely, really kind, beautiful spirit to you. And even when you were talking about strategy, we were throwing back stories about strategies and tactics from that world. It just had this big, beautiful heart to it that I really, really loved. And so I was excited to, to bring you to our audience so that they can start to shed some of the stories that they might have mm-hmm. around dating and having structure around dating, because I think it's got a bit of a, a bit of a bad name really just applying some mind and some time and energy to it. Um, so I'm glad to see that, um, that we're able to have you here on the yeah. show today. Well, thank you so much. That's very kind of you to say. Um, I think you mentioned social dynamics and that kind of whole pickup artist world. And just to, you know, to give a little background, there is this whole school of, of studying social dynamics and what it really comes down to the way I explain it is how do you be confident and it's advice that you hear a lot in dating oh just be confident be yourself and they're great ideas but a lot of the time people don't explain what that actually means and so the way that I generally explain it and what a lot of the world of you know pick up a decade ago and social dynamics seeks to explain is what goes into confidence. And it's things like body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, being able to understand the social dynamics of a situation, knowing how to move an interaction forward, how to connect with somebody, you know, how to really get to know somebody on a deeper level. So there, there's all these things that go into being confident that can be taught. And I think Part of the challenge is that there's this idea we should just all magically know how to date. That, you know, we (laughs) well, exactly. And you say it like that, and it sounds silly, but because of, you know, Disney movies and television, it's like you, you happen to be walking on the street and you run into somebody and they're the love of your life and you date and it works perfectly and you live happily ever after. And that's not the reality of dating. It's not the reality of relationships. Um, I would say real life is better because it's more interesting. Um, but this idea that we just all know exactly what to do is is preposterous. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So, well, I was gonna I was gonna just chime in, Alex, because I love what you just said about confidence, and I would actually love to talk about like what how what are some of the basics that we can give people out there who are listening who are dating on confidence because i was with probably three or four of my girlfriends from college a couple weeks back um and we were talking about the um the the cool girl wanting to be the cool girl or not saying how you feel not totally expressing yourself not wanting to um you know, make the person feel uncomfortable if there's something that they want to do that you don't want to do or whatever it is. And I think sometimes confidence has been taught, I think at least in the social circles that I've run in as like being the cool person, like kind of putting on a front as opposed to being authentic. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what um, confidence meet, like what your definition of confidence is and, and some basics on how people can start to develop it. My definition of confidence would be owning your truth and having the skills and the practice to express what's important to you and what your needs and desires are 
in a way that, um, first of all, doesn't offend or hurt anyone else, um, and in a way that's authentic and communicative. So, you know, confidence, as I explain it, is not about being the coolest person in the room who's sort of standoffish and mysterious. Confidence is about, hey, I'm super into Battlestar Galactica and I'm going to rant for the next 30 minutes about how much I love Battlestar. And, you know, to, to jump back to abundance and scarcity for a second, um, when you have an abundance mindset, you don't think, oh God, if I talk about Battlestar or something that could be quote unquote geeky, people aren't going to like me. It's, I'm going to talk about this because I enjoy it and it's important to me and this is who I am and a part of my life. And there are people out there who are going to be on board with that. And if, you know, you're not that person, best of luck to you. And, um, but I'm going to find the people who are those people. So it's not about trying to adjust yourself to show up a certain way in a certain situation or pretend to be somebody that you're not. It's about knowing how to express yourself authentically. And there's, a, there's an image I love of this idea of confidence through vulnerability, essentially. It's if you think of a battlefield, you know, and, and let's say Roman times battlefield, everybody's walking around with their sword and the shield and you know, trying to protect themselves or attack somebody else. The one person you are not going to mess with who is very confident is that person you see walking through the battlefield with no shield because they are so confident in their abilities that they don't need to protect themselves. They can just put themselves out there as who they are. And like that, in my mind, is we've got Dan here doing a bunch of uh, drum rolls. Um, Ninja moves. Yeah. But I, it was two swords. I was doing the two sword. Oh, I Dan, you got to work on your two swords because I literally thought it was like a Led Zeppelin drum solo of some kind. I saw, I saw some John Bonham being channeled there. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's pick on the British guy today. I see Those are third grade dating tactics where you just make fun of somebody to attract <laughs> them into your lair. I, look, your, your bra string, Dan, is too far away for me to snap. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but so it's, it's when you can authentically be yourself, you know, that's confidence saying, this is who I am. I don't need to put up those walls to protect myself or to hide or to be somebody else because I know that if I express who I am authentically and somebody else doesn't like it or isn't on board with them, they're just not the right person for me. You know, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. You two are just not a good match for each other. And that is a really important mindset when it comes to dating, you know, especially as we talk about scarcity and abundance, because all of us want to feel that connection with somebody, that spark, that excitement, have that partnership. I'll caveat, not all of us, but the majority of people do. There are lots of different desires out there in the dating world. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with any of them, if people are looking for, you know, open relationships or polyamory or whatever it may be. But the majority of people want to find that one person to 
be with. So we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when we meet somebody, when we go on a date that I, I want this to go well. You know, I hope this is my person. I hope we hit it off and it's butterflies and rainbows and orchestral music. Um, and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves if it doesn't work out that way, as opposed to saying, you know what, this just isn't the right person for me. It's not that there's anything wrong with either of us, but you know, the matchup here is just not a good matchup. Now, it's much easier to do that when we have an abundance mentality, when we can say, if this person's not the right person for me, then somebody else is going to be the right person for me. Or there are lots of people out there who could be the right people for me. You know, personally, I don't believe there's only you know, one soulmate out there that is your person. And if you don't find that one person, you will somehow have less than the perfect relationship. I, I don't believe that. Um, are you telling me Disney lied right now, Alex? What? Uh, <laughs> they embellished. Okay. <laughs> embellished we can work with. Embellished we can work with. Please do carry on. Wait, wait you, you haven't seen Aladdin 3, The Divorce? <laughs> my life is not complete right now that is truly amazing yeah it ends right after <laughs> totally um so how do you help people start to cultivate an abundance mindset when they've maybe had um you know knock down after knock down yeah or like i'm thinking of like four different friends with four different types of dating histories that I could, mm -hmm. that, you know, how do you start to help somebody develop a new mindset around dating? So the first thing I'll do is basically have a conversation with somebody about what is your dating experience? Because if we're going to shift a story that somebody has around dating, first we have to figure out what that story is. And what comes up for a lot of people is either the idea that something that's happened before is gonna happen again, or I'm not good enough. And, and the majority of sort of trepidation when it comes to dating, I would say falls into those two categories. So it's really about helping people shift their stories about dating. So for example, um, let's say there was somebody who in a previous relationship or a marriage was cheated on they may have a story that, well, you know, anybody that I date is going to cheat on me. So why bother dating? And then in a case like that, it's about helping them shift that perception that, well, have you dated people in the past who haven't cheated on you? Do you know people who have dated people who haven't cheated on them? It's about providing evidence for the person that the story they have that's holding them back may in fact not be a factual story you know it's mm -hmm. a story it's exactly that so it's helping them realize that those stories maybe aren't real or real in the way that they thought they were um when it comes to feeling not enough this is something that i feel like is a society-wide problem and that you know, we're, we're all raised on media and television and you have to act a certain way, you have to be a certain way. There's pressure from parents, from friends, from teachers that a lot of us go through our life feeling like we should somehow be better 
or there's something more we should be doing or we should be different or we're not doing it the right way. There are all of these constant messages. Um, you know, I, I think one of the most prevalent ones is for women in the beauty industry that, you know, women are constantly bombarded by these messages of you have to look a certain way or wear makeup or be skinny or, and if you somehow aren't that, then you're not enough. And so it's helping people realize that they are enough. Um, it can be writing uh, messages of affirmation around their house. You know, I have a post-it up in my bathroom that says I am enough. And I, you know, when I brush my teeth, I read it in the morning. It's also about helping people realize that nobody is perfect and we don't need to get to some perfect level or perfect place before we can start dating. You know, a lot of the times people will say, oh, if only I lost, you know, 20 more pounds, if only I earned 20,000 more dollars, um, you know, if only I had more status or whatever it may be, then I would be ready to date. And the reality is dating is not about being perfect. It's about finding somebody that loves you for who you are and for where you are in life, you know, baggage and all, because we all have things that we're working on in areas that we're looking to grow in. And the key is finding somebody that wants us, wants to support us in our growth in those areas and vice versa, where we want to support them in, in their growth. So, and the actual, the, the way that I help people do that, aside from sort of affirmations, is to also look at, you know, what do you bring to the table? And everybody brings amazing things to the table. You know, what are you excited about that you could share with somebody else? You know, what makes you feel good? What do you like to do? What are your hobbies? What are the things that you could... Um, you could connect on when you're talking to somebody else and realizing that, you know, there's somebody out there that also loved Battlestar Galactica or also loves cooking or playing music or, or whatever your hobby is, there is somebody who's going to pick up what you're putting down. Oh, there's so much juicy goodness in all this. And Dan, you're going to have to excuse me because you know I'm going to ask a million and a half questions just like on our David Nagel episode because I have so many questions. I will, <laughs> I will keep you, I will keep you um, grounded. Thank you. Because um, I can just pop up the road and go and see Alex. So No, you ask yeah. questions too. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I'm just joking. swap. I'm joking. When I have I... my questions, I'm asking. You can't have him. He's mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I love it. I have another question. So I think about the, so something funny that I started doing like a month ago, I started to realize in my own life, I would write out these gratitude, uh, gratitude in my journal to bring myself like really into the present moment. And I would ask, uh, you know, write down all the things I was grateful for that were happening in my life. And I started to realize I started to change that and shift that a little bit because I realized how often my own focus is outside of myself on what's happening in my life. And I think what you're talking about, about the enoughness, I literally started writing down what I love about myself or what I love about what I've created in my life. Um, and it started, I've seen for my own self, it's shifted in my own enoughness. But what I wanted to ask about was we see out there in like the manifesting world, the, the woo-wooing in the world, which I love the woo-wooing. Um, but this idea of like, write down a list 
of everything that you want this other person to be. And so I'm curious to know how important it is to be specific about writing a list. And then what portion of that on the other side, do we need to, to, what does that need to change or what's your perspective on that? I'd say it's very important to have a clear picture of who you're looking for. If you have more than three or four things on that list, you're being too picky. So it's, um, and when I say what types of things we're looking for, I'm not talking about, you know, tall, dark, and handsome, or, um, you know, skinny and blonde, or sort of a lot of the stereotypes. It's really what are the things that are important to me in a relationship, and, and not only important, but things that I cannot be in a relationship with somebody if I don't have these things. And how I usually explain this, I'll share with you what, what my personal five are um, to give a sense. So has to be somebody I'm physically attracted to, otherwise it's a friendship. And I think across the board, that's something that's important for everyone in dating. Um, somebody that has passions, interests, and hobbies in life, they don't have to match mine, but I've found from my own experience for me, if I'm dating somebody that doesn't have things outside of our relationship that they're exciting about, that that can feel draining. So for me, I've learned over time, that's a requirement. Um, somebody who's self-aware and knows how to communicate their emotions, somebody who shares similar values to me. And for me, a lot of those revolve around education, personal development, constantly learning and equality in a relationship. You know, I'm straight and the women I date, I'm not looking for a traditional gender role dynamic where the man takes care of the woman and the woman is, you know, docile and raises the kids. You know, I, I want to be with a partner who's an equal. Um, and then there's one I'm missing because I always forget what the fifth one is. <laughs> um, anyway, you, you get the idea. So these are things not, well, I want a woman who's 5'10 and a size four and has blonde hair. It's what is required for me in a relationship at a bare minimum for something to work long-term. So I help people come up with those lists. We'll talk about, you know, what are your previous relationship experiences? If you look back on people you've dated previously, what are the trends? Um, you know, do you tend to date people who have a certain type of personality or who work in a certain profession or have certain physical features? Because um, sometimes it's not worth fighting against whatever our natural inclinations are. Um, so it's, so it's helping people really identify what that list is and in a healthy way, you know, sometimes people will list that, well, here are the, I mean, I've had clients who have literally had lists of 40 plus things and it's like, okay, well, but what are really must you absolutely have? And these are also separate from deal breakers, you know, a couple of deal breakers, especially around, you know, drinking, smoking, drug use, kids, um, 
there's sort of a separate category where some people have strong deal breakers in different areas. Um, the other advantage to having a really clear and reasonable picture is it helps you screen much more easily that whether you're dating online or meeting new people, you have questions prepared to help you figure out, like, is this somebody that has those qualities that I'm looking for? So, yeah, so my recommendation to, to people listening would be keep it to five max. Don't think about physical characteristics unless, you know, you have only dated one physical type your entire life and there's nobody else you're physically attracted to. If that's the case, don't fight it. You know, look for people that, that meet that. But otherwise, you know, think about what's really important to you in a long-term relationship and then start looking for it. Love that. Yeah, I, um, I'm curious to know for somebody out there who's like, I keep getting stuck in the same pattern in the same cycle. Because let's say you keep dating the guy who, you know, is or the woman who fits a mold of some kind mm -hmm. that you you're saying like, yeah, that is the, I always date a guy who looks like this or a woman who looks like that or whatever right. it may be, but they're stuck in a pattern maybe of being with uh, people, somebody who's emotionally unavailable or is flaky mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, how do you help someone start to, I guess, maybe like move out of that, that cycle or continuing to, mm -hmm. to date the same kind of people? So when it comes to attraction, both physical and emotional, we are not at all logical. You know, as humans, we like to think we're logical, but the reality is we're not. And especially when it comes to dating, we're very driven by emotions. And so in terms of people's patterns of continuing to date somebody that's maybe not the best for them, we gravitate towards however we interpret love or however we felt love growing up and in childhood. And a lot of the times when we meet somebody where there's that instant attraction or connection or we feel those really strong butterflies out of the blue, what's happening is the parts of us, they're triggering what we interpret as love. Now, the problem is what we all interpret as love is not always necessarily healthy for us. You know, if there's somebody who's grown up in a household, you know, let's say that's abusive. Um, you know, children don't know that, hey, this isn't how I should be treated. However you're treated as a child is how you interpret love. So when you talk about somebody you know, the example I use a lot is, is a woman who keeps going back to an abusive relationship. Um, a lot of times, logically, people know, I don't deserve to be treated this way, I should leave. But emotionally, it's triggering all of those things that, that are interpreted as love. So the way to help people move past that is to help them look at when, when and where they get triggered. You know, if they meet somebody over the course of the dating, of dating that they're really excited about, it's having a conversation, okay, you know, what excited you about them? You know, what, what's the physical connection? What did you like? Have you been excited by this type of person before? How has that worked out in the past? And 
helping people identify that maybe that immediate emotion isn't necessarily going to help them achieve what they're looking to achieve long term. Um, you know, it may feel good in the moment, but if you're looking to be in a healthy relationship, in a relationship where there's transparent communication, where there's support and understanding, it may be difficult to get to that type of relationship if you keep just acting on emotion without any sort of looking at why am I acting the way that I'm acting. So, you know, I, I jokingly say to people being a dating coach, it's kind of a combination of being a teacher, a coach, and a therapist. Now, I am not a licensed therapist. I will say that up front. But a lot of dating is talking about, you know, why am I so attracted to this person? And is that going to help me achieve what I want to achieve long term? Um, so it's, it's looking mm -hmm. at our it's looking at our patterns and and I will say talking to a therapist I think everybody in the world should have a therapist I think the world would be a better place if we all had um, therapists so you know it's it's seeking to really understand why we behave the way that we do and how we can shift those behaviors to achieve the goals we want to achieve. Wow. Would you, say, would you say to some extent that you're, you're disrupting the the unconscious emotional loops that people are going through based on what they've experienced of love and giving them the opportunity to write their own story around it and from that place step into a healthy relationship? I'd say that's an excellent description. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just going towards, oh, you know, he's a bad boy and I'm really attracted to bad boys. It's saying... I'm really attracted to bad boys, but every time I end up dating one, I, you know, end up miserable and unhappy. So let me, you know, as you said, stop here and rewrite the story and say, you know what? Dating bad boys doesn't create the type of relationship that I'm looking for. So now I have the opportunity to not date that kind of person and instead to look for the types of qualities that I am looking for in a long-term partner. What I love so much about this is we talk so often about triggers, emotional triggers. I think in general as a whole, as like I'm triggered and I'm feeling anger or I'm triggered and I'm feeling anxious, like whatever it is, I think it's often referenced in like mainstream personal development culture as like, then look at the trigger versus what I'm hearing in this space with dating is that like butterflies in your stomach or feeling like if there's somebody that I feel extremely attracted to, I'm usually like, don't go anywhere near that person. <laughs> so, I've started to train myself, but it's like, I'm hearing emotional triggers in general are something to look at yourself. And look so I could, could I ask what your experience has been that has sort of led you to that point where you feel what most people would interpret as a positive trigger, Ooh, I'm excited, I'm attractive, but knowing that, um, hey, this is maybe not going to get me where I hope it's going to get me. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to unzip and open up my dating <laughs> closet right now on the air. Um, usually people that I feel like very instantly, um, yeah, it's been, I think it's been somebody, I think of like the past couple of people that there's been like a a great deal of like attraction, like, um, 
whether it's like physical attraction, usually it's physical attraction. I'm usually like, okay, I've learned, I put my finger on the burner on the stove enough times to know that it'll probably go. Yeah. Like it'll get, it'll be really hot and then it will be like, it will fizzle out just as fast as it heated up. Yeah. So I'm, I've learned, yeah. Like I've learned too to look to it. Like what, so what does, what is a great friend? I, I, when I tell my friends, my like very good friends, I'm like, once we become friends, you're pretty much stuck with me for life because I like to pick good friends that like, we just have a great relationship. There's a lot of, uh, you know, it's like friendship to me is, is like partnership and supporting each other and all of that. Um, and you know, usually that's, that's kind of how I've started to look at dating as well as like, so what are those traits? If that's what friendship looks like, what does partnership look like on a, you know, on a dating level? Who's somebody that I can partner with and do life with, as opposed to just have a amazing physical attraction to, or have fun. Cause it sounds like from what you're saying, the people with whom you've had that instant chemistry haven't gotten you to the type of relationships that you ultimately want to be in. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I will say those of us who tend to be in the personal development world and maybe a little more on the woo woo side, uh, I think come to this maybe a little bit more easily um, than sort of, I don't want to say people who are in mainstream society, but, you know, people who maybe haven't started doing more of sort of personal development work or therapy or, um, you know, looking at why we behave the way we do or why we're triggered by the things we're triggered by. Um, I want to pick up on something you said, though, that I love about looking at your friends and being in partnership with your friends, because it, it's actually a very healthy dating mindset to take the idea that, you know, all dating should be is meeting new friends. And now when you get into intimacy and physical intimacy, then it's going beyond just friendship. But when it comes to going on first date, second date, third date, where we're just starting to get to know each other, the mindset that I encourage people to have is, this is like meeting a new friend. You know, Your goal is not to impress the person. Your goal is to be yourself and see, you know, do they pick up what you're putting down and do you pick up what they're putting down? You know, is this somebody that you enjoy spending time with and want to have more of in your life as opposed to, oh, I hope they really like me. I want this to go well. I'm so lonely. If I don't get laid, you know, my life is over. Like a lot of the sort of less healthy mindsets that can often accompany dating. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, to, to jump back to what Dan said at the beginning of our conversation about um, learning social dynamics and the whole world of pickup artists and learning this stuff, until you get to sort of physical seduction and increasing that chemistry and tension and having it lead somewhere physical, everything up to that point is just becoming friends. You know, if you're talking about making people comfortable and breaking the ice and putting people at ease and then asking questions where you really get to know somebody better and start to understand, you know, how do they see the world? What's their experience been? Be able to share your own experience. All of that is exactly the same for friendship and for dating. Um, yeah. 
So, and it, and it's, and it's helpful. You know, I ask people to remind themselves before they go on a date, look, the goal here is not for the date to go well. The goal is to see if this is somebody that you want to have a second conversation with. I mean, that's really the only question I feel like people should have at the end of the first date is, do I want to have a second conversation with this person? You know, not, are they my soulmate? Do I want to spend the rest of the night of my life with them? Um, it's, do you want to continue to have a conversation? Because is this a new friend that could turn into more? I love that. It just, and it yeah. feels like it just really takes the edge off of it. And because like you said, we put all this pressure on ourselves. You know, this is my Princess Jasmine. This is my Aladdin. <laughs> pre, pre Aladdin 3. You know, this is a, uh, I've, got, I've got a glass slipper. You know, there is only one person in the world for me, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've got to kiss these frogs and all these stories that we tell ourselves. But when, like you said, we just bring it to this really simple place of, I'm just going to just see if this is a human whose company I would like to enjoy for one more conversation. It's like the microsystem I always talk about, that next step on the, on this next rung on the ladder. Yeah, mm -hmm. fair enough. We eventually want to climb a ladder that takes us to the princess throne or the prince throne or what have you um, without the divorce, a.k.a. no Aladdin 3. But for now... <laughs> Like, what's the next rung on the ladder? And if we just take it to, is this a human that I want to have another conversation with? Is this a human that I want to advance this coffee and a Danish to perhaps a spot of lunch or brunch and maybe another meal afterwards or go and do something fun and funky? Yeah, I love it. I really, really do love it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think um, some... Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say on, on the coffee and the Danish, it just reminded me of... of you know, for those people listening, sort of some first date advice, which is go do something fun. The last thing you want to do on a first date is have it be an interview where two people are sitting across from each other, um, just asking questions. Where are you from? Uh, do you have any siblings? What kind of work do you do? All of that stuff you'll learn along the way. The real question is, is this somebody whose energy I vibe with? Do we have fun together? Is this comfortable? And it's easier to do that if you're out doing an activity on a first date. And an activity can be taking a walk, going on a museum. Um, there are tons now of these like pop-up exhibits that are really sort of focused towards Instagram. You know, in New York, there's the Color Factory or the Museum of Illusions. Um, so doing something where you're not interviewing them, but you're seeing what's it like to hang out with this person. Um, the other benefit is you get to see them in a lot more different situations. Um, and you get to see, look, how does this people interact with other people we run into, you know, are they kind, you know, how do they um, deal with a random situation that comes up when we're together? There's just a lot more opportunity to see how somebody sort of presents themselves and interact in the world than there is sitting across from them over dinner or coffee. And I never recommend dinner for a first date because if you don't like the person, 10 minutes in, you are stuck there and nobody wants oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I super duper duper love about this, and it's for me personally, one thing that I, I've taken away in my life and it's been really powerful is this idea, like you said, like 
remember that this is a normal human being. And once the whole facade, which a lot of dating really is to some extent, this facade, right? Once you get past that, you're two humans that are going to have to spend your lives around each other. Mm -hmm. And is this a human being that you actually want to be around? So beyond the story of what they, you know, what we're doing when we're putting on the show for the interview, like being in that person's space, doing everyday normal stuff, walking down the street, going to like normal exhibitions, um, stuff that you actually love to do together as well. Just building that space of normal everyday life so that when it comes time to transition into everyday life, once the honeymoon period's over, do you still want to be around that person? I really love that, Alex. Thanks. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that and person, I would say that person's going to have smelly feet at some point and also is going to snore or, you know, do weird things and leave too many shoes in the, you know, the den or whatever. So I think so, that's something like, you'd like to share with us yeah. about your life. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, you're right. Like, yeah. I think there's so much of a, there can, there can definitely be that pressure, like that surrounding pressure. And I think at the end of the day, people are, we're just people like everybody's, everybody's got their stuff. Yeah. And again, it's not about finding this perfect person or being a perfect person. It's about, you know, finding somebody who's willing to put up with your stuff and vice versa, or for whom like your particular stuff just doesn't bother that might bother somebody else, but it doesn't bother that. Um, yeah. No. And the, the, the example I give is, swearing is that you know let's say that you have a big potty mouth you like to curse like a sailor if you go on a date with somebody and you say oh you know what i want this to go well so i'm not going to curse at all you have a great time you know second date third date fourth date what if it turns out this other person is not okay with you swearing they're not the type of person that that is comfortable with swear words or using them in everyday life You've now just spent three, four, five dates pretending to be somebody that you're not when you could have been yourself the first date and saved yourself a lot of time. And again, coming from an abundance mentality, it's all right, look, I swear a lot. This person I'm with doesn't like swearing. It's just not going to work out. But now you set yourself up for a situation where you're more emotionally invested. You're excited about the person. But because you weren't just fully authentic in yourself from the beginning, you know, now you've wasted a bunch of time. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I was, I was going to say when I first moved to Charlotte, um, North Carolina, when I lived in North Carolina, I would, I had a group of friends and I would always bring like new friends in. They'd be like, where'd you meet them? I'm like, I don't know. We had so much fun on our date, but we didn't want to take it any further, but we enjoyed each other. So they're going to come and hang out. But I think three, we always did fun stuff. Like one time we crashed a chair. I went on a date, crashed a charity event. Another time went on an eighties bar crawl, like just had fun with it. And it was such a, such a different experience. And I'm still friends with like a good number of people that I went on dates with, um, which was great. But I want to actually ask a little bit about strategy in terms of dating. And, you know, I've heard different people say different things like go on three dates a week or go on dating sites or go on dating apps. How do you encourage people to begin the process? Maybe they've been kind of like, I'm going to wait to date. Now they're listening to this and they're like, I'm ready. I'm going to jump in. What are some ways that you recommend for people to start their dating ventures? 
So there, there are really three categories when it comes to meeting people. There's online dating, there's dating events, sort of things like speed dating or singles mixers. And there's meeting in real life through, you know, friends or your own social network. I'd say the easiest way to get back into dating, honestly, is online dating. Um, and because everybody knows that the intention there is dating. You know, the challenge of sort of meeting in real life is you don't know if this person at the bar that you think is cute is single. You know, you don't know what their story is. You have no idea anything about them. You know, the advantage to online is you get some bits of information. Now, of course, people are going to be dishonest or embellish the truth, whether it's age or height or whatever, but it's much easier to go from online to a real life date if you're just getting back into dating than to start a conversation with a stranger and, um, you know, figure out, well, how do I turn that into a dating situation? Um, I'd say if you are interested in online dating, this is an area where there are ways to do it right. And what's really important is that your profile should show and not tell. So it's the difference between saying, I'm a really funny person or writing something that makes somebody laugh. And honestly, if you Google how to write a great online dating profile, lots of different articles come up, but you want to use the profile as a way to give people a view into your life. You know, how do you spend your time? What activities are you interested in? What's important to you? Who are your friends? You know, some people say you should never have other people in your dating profile pictures. I disagree with that. I think you should show who are the people that you hang out with because if somebody's looking at your profile, they're going to want to figure out, I can see myself hanging out with this person and their friends or not. Um, if you're looking for something more casual and not sort of long-term marriage bound monogamous dating, I'd say then things like, you know, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge are great because there's a high volume and there's not a ton of information on there. Um, you know, you get a basic overview of somebody as opposed to sites like Match.com or OkCupid where, or eHarmony where you really get a lot more information. Um, so, you know, if you're serious about finding a long-term relationship, I would recommend, um, matchy harmony you know christian mingle if you're looking specifically for people who are christian or jdate sort of the sites that allow you to put more information about yourself um awesome. and and then you know to your point about go on three dates a week yeah it it should get scheduled into your week like anything else whether it's i'm going to spend 15 minutes a day um you know writing people online or i'm going to go to at least one speed dating event a week you know whatever it is it is important to plan into your life because the unfortunate reality is that dating is to some extent a numbers game 
that the more people that you meet, the higher the chance that one of them is going to be somebody that you really hit it off with. And you have to carve out time for it. I mean, a, a helpful tip is put a reminder on your phone when you know you have 15 minutes free, if it's the morning or the evening, put a reminder on that says, you know, spend 15 minutes online dating. So you just, it's a small thing that you do regularly. If you're not a big fan of online dating, um, there are some great dating events out there. My favorite is an event called Tantra Speed Bait. They do them all over the country. And I see Jess is, is nodding. Yeah, I just saw that like the other day. Um, I saw that I'd never heard of it before. Yeah. Sounds cool. So it's, it's Tantra for those of you who are thinking, oh God, is this some like type of orgy? No, it's Tantra <laughs> in the original meaning of connection and oneness. It's led by these tantric yoga instructors and it's speed dating where you're paired one-on-one, -on -one, but every new person you're with, the instructors give you an activity to do together. And it could be holding hands or, you know, sitting back to back and breathing together. It's definitely a little more on the, you know, energy woo-woo side, but it is hands down my favorite event to recommend to people if they're looking to get back into dating because it's just so incredibly comfortable. You know, you mm -hmm. have full control over any activities you do with somebody. They explain, you know, if you don't want to do an activity with a partner, you know, here's how you communicate that. It's just, it's the most comfortable way to get back into dating. So yeah, cool. plug for Tantra Speed Date. <laughs> love it. I just Googled it. Um, okay. So yeah. last thing I would love, I'm, I'm on your website also. I just pulled this up and you have some really cool offerings um, that help people kind of on the spectrum of, is it somebody who's ready to jump all the way in? Or are they sort of toe dipping? Um, I'd love for you to share where people can find you and a little bit about, um, you know, what you offer. Sure. So my coaching practice is called Campfire. Uh, I named it that because I just I love the idea of people gathering around and connecting and being a warm, you know, comfortable experience. So the website is rcampfires.com, O-U-R, campfires.com. And I'm happy to set up an initial call with anybody who's interested. Um, what I offer is a dating mastery coaching program. It's a three-month program that does, you know, we look at everything from what are your stories, who are you, who are they, how do you meet people, how do you show up in a confident way, how do you move an interaction forward. And the reason it's three months is as we all start dating more, we learn what we like and what we don't like. And we end up in different situations where, um, you know, where things get triggered, as we were saying before, that we might not have expected. So in three months, you not only sort of learn the actual, how do I get dates, but the, how do I find the type of people that I'm really looking for? And how do I show up in these situations in a healthy way? Um, I also offer a uh, weekly dating dish webinar. So every Monday evening, a group of us gather by webinar to talk about a different topic. So topics in the past have been 
the five love languages, um, attachment theory, which has to do with how we attach to our mothers as babies, is how we attach to romantic partners. A uh, subject we talked about a few weeks ago is who pays on a first date. And then after um, the initial 15 minutes, that opens up to any type of question. So, you know, if you just want to sort of dip your toe into what coaching looks like, you can join us for one of those weekly calls and, you know, get some of your questions answered. Uh, I also offer, it's not on the website currently, but I offer dating profile makeovers. You know, if you're comfortable dating, but really just want to have your online profile work better for you. I help people optimize their profiles so that they get more messages and that they spend less time online so that their dating experience is more effective. Um, awesome. Yeah. So again, rcampfires.com. And then also um, on Facebook and Instagram, it's the same handle, our campfires. I just want to say for anybody out there who's like, I don't know, do I, do I need a dating coach? Like I'm sick of having the same thing happen over and over again and blah, blah. Like, but do I want to invest in myself? Like think about how much money and time you could spend because dates can get pretty darn expensive, especially if you're going on three a week. So I'm going to give Alex a little plug and say, hmm. go invest in yourself, especially if this is something that you're really desiring for yourself to, mm -hmm. um, you know, meet someone or have a partner. So plus I've got, Tons of free date ideas. So, there you go. Stop paying for dates and invest in coaching instead. I got <laughs> lots of free date ideas. The other thing I would say as well is that anyone who's complaining about having the same results, it's kind of not rocket science. If you're getting the same results, try something different. And I think it's great that you've got so many offerings that people can come in at. They can come and taste and see. Um, they can have the call with you and see if, if, if there's something, even something that can work out. But for anybody listening that's on the fence, regardless of what the, the challenges that you're facing, getting support from someone that is dedicating to getting the best out of you in that area and to support you in that area is always a plus. So Alex, thank you for showing up. Thank you for joining us today, giving us your wisdom and for giving people the opportunity to see that the dating situation doesn't have to be hopeless their Aladdin can stop at one and doesn't have to get to three. And um, that happy ending, no matter when the ending comes, can come for them if they're ready to step up and, uh, and to make a few changes. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Awesome. So again, you can find Alex at our campfires, O-U-R campfires.com. Dan, where can the good people find you? I'm Dreamer CEO, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> over on instagram and twitter i am dan mangena on facebook or daniel mangena for the fancy page where we put all the official postings and such jess how do the good people connect with your magic my love they go to at jess underscore bubbico b-u-b-b-i-c-o that is my instagram and you can head over to jessbubbico.com and check check out the things all of the things all of the all things, of the things. <laughs> it's been amazing having you alex thank you thank you so much let's catch up let's catch up when it's not so rainy yeah yeah you and i we'll do that we'll do that and you guys yes. facetime me and i want to come okay we'll, we'll bring you okay. we'll bring you energetically with yes. us. yeah and bring a chair <laughs> and put just put my, my a phone with my face on it there i'm going to bring a tripod so that you are at face level 
Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us. Continue to uh, continue to follow us on on all social media platforms where Method Meets Magic on Instagram and also on the Facebook. You can head over to methodmeetsmagic.com which will push you over to the Facebook. Let us know how we're supporting you. Wait, and one cool thing. Next week, past life regressions. Show up, come. Past life regressions <laughs> next week, y'all. Come on down. <laughs>